Shio friends, Shiashi here. I know it's Christmas Eve, but it felt wrong to let this day pass by without sharing a case. I guess really the holidays are a stark reminder that there are so many families out there who lost their loved ones tragically or are still desperately waiting for their missing loved one to be found. Toppenish, Washington is located within the Yakima Indian Reservation. Established in 1855, the Yakima Reservation has at least 40 cases involving missing people. However, the latest figures from Washington State Patrol records show 126 indigenous people in the state who aren't accounted for. This includes the oldest reported MMIW cold case, 16-year-old Janice Marie Hannigan, vanished on Christmas Eve in 1971, 51 years ago. Janice was born in Toppenish on March 22, 1955, to Martin James Hannigan Sr. and Linda Sally Hannigan. In 1971, she was a sophomore at White Swan High School, a candidate for the Queen of the Intertribal Veterans Day Ceremony in Toppenish in November that same year. She liked cooking, beadwork, and football. She was the oldest of seven children. Before Janice went missing, her parents had separated. Her mother and her six younger siblings moved to Bueno, Washington, while she stayed behind to take care of her father. Her parents' separation was said to have been hard on her, and she was struggling to deal with it. On December 21, 1971, she was treated at a hospital for numerous bruises on her chest and head. According to a discharge summary written by Dr. H.D. Buckley, it stated, quote, The patient was admitted to the hospital with multiple contusions around the head. There is no evidence of any headache or loss in the level of consciousness. The contused areas show the swelling to be receding. Nowhere in this summary does it identify the hospital she was seen at or the cause of her injuries. On December 24th, Christmas Eve, she was discharged after she was ruled to be in satisfactory condition. She has not been seen since. Now, since her disappearance, there have been many rumors that her family has heard over the years that include suspicions of her father being involved, that she ran away upset by her parents' separation, or that she was living in Seattle. All rumors have since been debunked. Trudy Lee Clark, who was only eight years old at the time her sister vanished, spent much of her adult life trying to find Janice. When Trudy passed in 2018, it was her daughter, Tashina Thomas, that continued her work. The Yakima Herald Republic reported that when Tashina was 13, Trudy began to tell her about Janice. As the second youngest, she didn't have a lot of memories about her sister, but wanted to share as much as she could with her daughter. The stories about Janice came with an undercurrent of caution. This is a warning that we have shared too many times on this podcast. Yakima girls are told from a young age to be careful, a directive familiar to parents throughout Indian country. The historic crisis of missing and murdered Indigenous women extends far beyond the Yakima Reservation. Throughout the United States and internationally, Native women and girls suffer sexual and physical violence at alarming rates. We know this, but the rising cases continue without public outrage and calls for change. The ones on the internet don't rise to the challenge of bringing these cases closure to the likes of Gabby Petito and Eliza Fletcher. What's even more disheartening is that this same article shares that the most seen flyer of Janice that details her disappearance has her listed as missing on March 1st, 1971. A fact that Trudy shared in an interview that was incorrect as she was seen in a hospital in December and had competed in the Veterans Day event the month before.
In many articles I read, Trudy stated that she was realistic about her sister's circumstances, that Janice had likely died years ago, most likely at the hand of her murderer, and she's adamant that Janice still needs to be brought home and laid to rest. What concerns me the most is the lost details of her hospital visit. We don't know what hospital, what or who caused her injuries. Surely the truth lies somewhere in there. There are a lot of unknowns in her case, very little investigation and no answers. Trudy wanted to have closure before she passed, since their mother and father never received it. Now that Trudy is gone, and Tashina has taken lead in ensuring that Janice's story is not forgotten, let's do our part to help this family get closure and bring Janice home. It's no secret that MMIW cases are plagued by inconsistencies in investigations, inaccurate reporting, and misclassification. Janice's story is a perfect example of how a system that still, 51 years later, is mishandling the cases of our Indigenous sisters. Another barrier is the lack of cooperation from witnesses. In a majority of these cases we've covered, we have stated time and time again that someone knows something. It's time to come forward. My gosh, Janice has been gone 51 years. You see her family struggling every day that she remains missing. It's time to do the right thing. There is a Facebook group dedicated to information regarding Janice's disappearance if you would like to follow her story. It's called Let's Find Janice Hannigan and Bring Her Home. At the time of her disappearance, Janice was 5 feet and 105 pounds. She has black hair and brown eyes. She has a mole on her chin. Her ears may be pierced. If you have any information on the whereabouts of what happened to Janice Marie Hannigan in 1971, please contact the Yakima County Sheriff's Office at 509-574-2500. Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at www.war-podcast.com.